0: Welcome to the Blue Roads Changemaker podcast. This is the audio version of the show On Your Own Terms that airs first on the Win Win Women Network. I'm Patty Talbot, and this is the place where we learn together what it takes to change the world on your own terms and in your own special way. Today, I'm so excited to invite you to learn about and from a new friend, Lynn McLaughlin. I met Lynn because of a common friend who has a show on the Win Win Women Network, Janine Rivers Colburn. Lynn was on Janine's show back in the fall in September of 2022 talking about emotional CPR. CPR for our emotions. When we're feeling out of sorts, unsure about ourselves, or we're in pain or hurting in some way, I was so moved by that conversation between Lynn and Janine and I was listening to it as I ran through an airport in London on my way home. But after that brief bit of conversation that I heard, I just knew that I also needed to feature Lynn and her change-making work on this show for this audience as well. Lynn's story is compelling, sometimes very difficult and the lessons she learned through her own life's journey are now being used to help serve other people who are in pain, having trauma in their lives, and need to be heard. Lynn is here today to tell her homegrown solutions for a patchwork world. You will be moved and inspired by her story and hopefully come away with some ideas and some resources that will help you as an individual and other people that you know. This is Lynn McLaughlin. Welcome,
1: Lynn. I've come to understand that there are so many moving pieces of who we become, and I love that you say homegrown, because it's, to me, it's not just the family trauma, because that was a big piece of it. And as children, we depend on our family for survival. So there is so much impact that comes from that family unit. But I think it's really important to also name like individual trauma or individual impact. I like that word better. That happened in the school system or happened with friendship or happened in other areas around my community and then also naming collective or systemic impact of what created who Lynn is. And learning more about who I am means that I can look at my privilege and the way that the world impacted me as a young white female in this suburban life. I had looked at the way I navigated life and what I've come to understand and I love this way of framing it. I have lived experience with substance use. I started using substances at the age of 12. Uh, a lot of that was to cope with the amount of pain I was holding and I can recognize that today. It's also recognizing that all the ways that I created to allow myself to survive, they were brilliant. And they were creative. They are not part of the shame of what happened. I look at one thing I did as a little girl to I hid a lot. I was a hider. And what I learned was when I hid, I couldn't be hurt. And sometimes hiding meant I didn't use my voice because I didn't feel it had value. Sometimes it was physically hiding. And when I physically hid, I actually, now that I understand the importance of breath, my creative, brilliant little girl could get her breathing so shallow that you couldn't hear her at all. So when I hid, it was more difficult to find me. And now that I understand the power of breath and like really encompassing and embodying our breath as a way for me to heal. Uh, And it's been years and years of healing, but putting that piece together, like my little girl figured that out. And that's creative and brilliant. I also think of other ways, relationships. I learned how to navigate conflict in a way that eventually no longer served me, but I can look at her response of running away or shutting down from it as a survival mechanism is really powerful. And I love to hold that because, especially in the area of trauma or abuse, so often we internalize, this happened because of me. And when we can internalize, I survived because of me, there is such great power in that. And again, leaving the judgment aside from how we navigated. And I feel that way with my substance use too, my substance use served a purpose and it It helped me keep those separate personas so that I could survive. The most important thing to me in my life and my work right now is allowing people to be real. And I say that very broadly, and I can talk more specifically about some of the work that I do. It's very much allowing people to show up exactly as they are and accepting them, not trying to fix them or create a plan or diagnose or assess. It's like show up and let me mirror that you're valuable because I see you and I hear you and I don't want you to change. If you choose to change, I'm still going to think you're valuable. And the power of that comes through in my work. I do a lot of work in the peer world. Peer specialists are people in the state of Wisconsin anyway. They're people with lived experience with mental health and or substance use. And it's showing up. And again, unlike a clinical model where very often the emphasis is on, we're going to get you out of there and get you over here. The peer model is, I'm just here to be here with you and to hear you. Oftentimes, when I talk about the world of trauma, trauma happens when we are not seen and heard. Something really difficult happens. And sometimes out of good intention, people try to shift us out of it because being with someone who's in pain is really hard. You don't want people to be in pain. And there's beautiful empathy in that. There is validation in saying, I see you and you're in pain. I was teaching a class yesterday and we were talking about trauma and someone in the class said, yeah, but Lynn, my parents did the best they could. And I said, I honor that and value that. And I think it's really important that we acknowledge they did the best they could with what they had. And I was hurt. And we need to be able to sit with that hurt and honor that hurt and value that hurt. So my passion comes through in creating spaces where people can do that. And it's honestly, when I think about codependency and all of these other issues that I've worked through, when I believe that all people are whole and complete, like fundamentally whole and complete, there are no broken people, I can let go of fixing there's nothing to fix. They're living life and navigating life how they know how. And if they, like I said, if they choose to make a change, if they choose to say this piece of my life no longer works, I'm going to be there to say, how can I support you in that? And if they change their mind again, how can I support you in that? And yeah, that is my passion place. That's the change maker place. I think so often we go to a place of urgency and fix. And when we can slow down and be, you know, we are human beings. We are not human doings. And there's so much that gets wrapped up in that. We are what we produce. We are valued because of what we do. And a lot of that is the capitalistic construct of, forgetting who people are so I very much want to value people I don't want to value and I shouldn't say don't want to value because if a person says there is value in what I I don't ever want to take that away and you have value when you're sitting still and doing nothing and that's a really hard practice to do but yeah so yeah that's my passion place that's the place I want to be for change Mm -hmm. In my anti racism work, I have learned so much about societal conditioning. The things that I learned that weren't said to me directly, but learned them. But really, to me, being willing, and this is the space that I want to create for all diverse stories. I think is the best way to say it. Again, trauma heals when it is witnessed. Pain transforms when it's witnessed. And having the willingness and ability to sit with someone and recognize our biases and judgments come up and set them aside and set them aside. And oftentimes that can be hard. I think about it a lot with kids. We have a beautiful principal, a high school principal in town here who spends time with kids. And oftentimes when a a teenager is sent to the principal's office, he goes out and talks to them automatically. And a teenager showed up and was very angry in the classroom. And the teacher said, go to the principal's office. And the principal said, I'm not going to punish you what's going on. And the young man said, I've been going out with the same girl for two years, and we just broke up. And rather than Oh, what do you know, you're just a teenager, get over it, you're going to have more love. He sat there with him and said, I remember what that pain feels like. And I remember how hard it was to get over that. And what can I do to support you? If we could slow down and see people's pain and recognize that there's nothing wrong with them, something happened that created the way that they're responding to life. And that is always the case. And sometimes it's hard to believe because it feels so intentional. And I have my own biases around different things and I'm committed to keep looking at them. So from a diversity standpoint, like I said, from an anti-racist perspective, it is so important to me and a core value of mine that I allow people to share what they experience and I need say nothing. I hear it, I see them, I hear them, and I validate the emotion behind it. All of those pieces are so important to the healing of our world in so many different ways. So my biggest world dream is that whenever a person is hurting, whenever a person is feeling disconnected, that there is someone there. That's the ripple, is how can we create those spaces? One project that I am working on with another person in our co-op is the concept of a community living room. And this community living room, we are, we've received funding for it. It is a space where there's no requirements. The only outcome, and this is where when I think about funding for projects, so often there's, here's all the things you need to complete. The funder that we're working with is really in tune with what we're trying to do. And the only outcome we are looking for in this space is connection, that a person is seen and heard and valued right where they are. And sometimes that might take the form of an actual community living room space, which we just found out we may be getting next year. Our pilot project is very much pop-up spaces where we can take this group of people and the training that we utilize is emotional CPR as well as another one called the missing piece, which is all around emotion. Like how do we recognize our comfortability with emotion? How do we recognize our comfortability with others' emotions? So it's really having these incredible, transformative conversations and helping people learn how to do that. So when someone comes at you with big anger, I'm a person that is very fearful of that based on things that have happened in my life and recognizing my discomfort and taking the risk and in, in saying this person, that's their anger. It's not mine. And so creating these spaces where people can show up. So right now we have pop-up community spaces. A space that we recently held was for an organization. They reached out to us. They had a board member die by suicide. And it was a surprise, a shock, as any time grief and loss happens. that happens, Trying to figure out how to navigate it people, there's just so many emotions. So we created a space where they could come in and share where they're at without judgment. There were people that expressed regret. I wish I had reached out more, or I knew she was struggling, but I thought she had it handled, or I didn't want to pry, or so many different things were shared and letting people know it's okay to have those emotions. That's real. So it's really creating these spaces for healing, creating spaces for authenticity, where you can share what's real for you. And I'm a firm believer that that these spaces will also serve as suicide prevention. Because you think about all of the different ways that people hold on to things out of fear of another person's judgment or assessment or rejection. And we want this space to be unconditional. And the other part is we recognize we're human too, right? So we're going to mess up and it's going to be messy and awkward. And we don't have it all figured out with it being a pilot, but we're committed to creating spaces for connection. And yeah, that's my big world dream is when someone is hurting, when someone is feeling disconnected, or lonely, or caught in their thoughts, that there's someone they can share them with without fear of, like I said, all of those things that happen, or the ability to correct it. So often, it's like, here's all the things you should do. And there's no even acknowledgement that, oh my gosh, I just tried to fix you. That's not what I wanted to do. I want to hear where you're at and having the courage to say that. So yeah, authentic human connection. There it is. Let's change the world with it. There are a lot of people that are overwhelmed right now. There are a lot of people that are struggling. There are a lot of people that this notion of go back to normal isn't possible. Our world changed. Our world shifted when the pandemic hit, and we were told life is, it has stopped. And then we all went into survival mode to figure out what that was going to look like. And I talk in the realm of emotion a lot, but I look at all the grief that all of us are carrying around loss, whether that there's so many different ways that loss shows up and allowing people to really, again, I am a huge proponent of this world needs to slow down. We do not need to go back to normal. We don't need to go back to the speed that we were at. We do not need to pretend nothing happened. Some really significant things happened. And when I look at the impact it's had on my life, the way that I navigate the world, really extending compassion and empathy to ourselves as we're navigating this really uncertain and tender time to allow for our own emotions and honor them and slow down and know that when we feel overwhelmed oftentimes we feel like we should be doing more and the reality is we actually need to slow down and say i'm enough i am enough that's another piece of when we're validated at that level when we're seen at that level that's where the healing happens so yeah I have my own LC which is www.dandalliance it came about because for so many years I felt like a dandelion like the weed the bother in the lawn and through my healing I came to understand how beautiful dandelions are like they're nutritious and they have mystical qualities to them and I have yet to receive a chubby little fisted hand with dandelions that wasn't pure, unconditional love. And knowing that you can flip the dandelion from a weed and a bother to something as pure as unconditional love is pretty magical. So if you go to my website, I have a children's book called The Dandelion's Gift, which is all about that dandelion's journey from believing he was unconditional love to a curmudgeon telling him he wasn't and believing that and then coming back to believing what he knows to be true so dandelions has some information on it i am also part of ebb and flow connections cooperative and that is my partnership work with people in community and creating those spaces of listening we have a number of events and trainings that people can attend emotional cpr is one it is a public health education program that teaches you how to assist someone in emotional distress i realize this is like a big so not necessarily in the appleton area we have two in person and two virtually we also have the missing piece training, which is specific to navigating emotion. And that curriculum was written by my partner and I, and we have that for youth. We have that for organizations. And then I also do peer support work and coaching. So if people are looking for individual a coach or something like that, please feel free to reach out and contact me probably through the Dandelions website as far as individual coaching, but about the training and the bigger community wide work, that would be ebonflowcooperative.com. Feel free to reach out. I hope that you are able to extend the same compassion and love that we do to so many other people to yourself. That's where it all begins.
0: Thank you so very much, Lynn. I know that our audience has learned from you, been inspired by you and have some new ideas about where they can reach out when they might be in need of some support, someone to listen, someone to be beside them as they walk this sometimes difficult life as human beings. The other thing you've given us is places where we can develop skills like those that you have so that we can be better friends, better colleagues, better neighbors, better human beings to walk along others as they are facing challenges in the life journey that we share. I hope you'll reach out to Lynn and take advantage of the resources that she's told you about. Her work in the world, supporting people who have had trauma in their lives is indeed change-making work because when we sit with one another, open our hearts and our ears, and give our time to each other, we change the world by giving people what they need and giving people hope. I hope you'll also follow my work at Blue Roads Education. If you go to my website, you will find resources there that will support you in your journey to make the world a better place. In fact, research has shown us that there are 16 skills that all changemakers have in common. My work and passion in the world is all about celebrating, supporting, and cultivating changemakers like Lynn and like you. Please reach out to me if you're interested in free resources that I have available to you, if you're interested in courses that will help you become a better changemaker, if you're interested in changemaker circles that are accountability groups for changemakers, or if you're interested in individual and group coaching. Take a look at my website. Download the one of many resource called the Overwhelm First Aid Kit. Because before we change the world, sometimes we have to get our own ducks in a row so that we are not too exhausted to do our part. Next week, we will feature another change making woman whose story exemplifies the change maker journey and the attributes of change makers. And in the meantime, May you be grounded in your beingness, guided in your doingness, generous in your connectedness, and inspired in your reflectiveness so you can change the world on your own terms. I'm Patty Talbot. I'm always learning, and I know you are too.